Welcome to the Mobilized Podcast. We equip Christ followers to boldly and courageously live mobilized in their faith, purpose, and life. Let's join James and Nicole. Well, we've been going through the Beatitudes, and we define Beatitude as supreme blessedness or utmost bliss, if you've been listening to the last few uh, episodes that we've had. And today is going to be the last installment of this series, Mobilized in Faith. And I hope that as we've unpacked these words of Jesus, you've taken the questions to heart and you've made some life-changing decisions. I, I know I have. Every time we study this, we dig a little bit deeper, we, we find some more understanding. Um, it, it affects my life. What about you, Nicole? Absolutely. And that's what it's supposed to do. Right. It was the whole point, right? <laughs> it's not supposed to return void, and it's right. supposed to change your life. It's living and active. We talked about uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, blessed are the poor in heart. And today, we're talking about blessed are those who are persecuted. Yay! Let's talk about something else. Yeah, I know, right? Something fun. My gosh. I mean, this is the hardest of them all to commit to, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) and he knew that. Gosh, I guess he saved the best for last. Uh Uh, Talking about having to eat your vegetables at the end. (laughs) My goodness. I I know what you're thinking. Uh, How on earth is persecution supreme blessedness or utmost bliss? Because that's my question. All right. I, I mean... I'm sorry, but I draw the line at persecution. There is no way that persecution is bliss or blessed in any way. Right, right. right. No, absolutely not. Blessed is a million things. Persecution, not on the list. Not even close. Most of us have drawn a very clear line in the Mm -hmm. sand when it comes to persecution. I get it. I mean, who wants to be persecuted, right? Right, right. Not me. Um, What amazes me about Jesus is he offered... For utmost bliss, right? I mean, what he's saying is, I leave it up to you whether or not you're going to accept it. Man, that's that's hardcore right there. That's hardcore. Right? It's almost worse. It's like your parent looking you in the eye and be like, you can make the right choice or the wrong one. It's up to you. It's up to you. No, just make me do it. Right. <laughs> well, let's look at what Jesus says in Matthew 5.10. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for Mm. theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. That was in the NIV. Let's look at how the NLT breaks it down for for righteousness. It says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for Mm. the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Man, that's, that's crazy, right? That is crazy. So let's talk about this big, scary word of righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness. And it's not like the way we used to use it. I mean, if you're old enough, you remember when people would actually say, righteous. And it was just like, cool. Like, And then we went on to rad and bad and cool. That's righteous. But that's not what we're talking about here. Righteousness is admitting that we're sinners, Mm. accepting that we're not perfect, but God is. Mm. And we need to ask for his forgiveness. Then we need to have a change of heart and strive to never make the same mistake. And that's tough, right? Because right. it's easy to say, I'm sorry, say, oh, I wish you know I were better. But to actually try and not keep falling in that same hole. Over and over and over again. Mm, that's like, uh, that's the million dollar answer to that question is, how do you pull that off? All right. Well, the good news is when I looked growing up in church, hearing the word righteousness, to me, it sounded like perfection. Mm. You'd think of righteousness and you yeah. just think the unattainable that only some people 
maybe in the Bible, possibly reached, uh, but righteousness in this day and age, (laughs) yeah, no, not possible. So I love the NLT version that says God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, not getting everything right or not doing wrong, but for doing right and not just doing right for the sake of doing right, but for the kingdom of heaven mm. is theirs. It, it's for God. It's not even for us. It's not self-focused, yeah. but God-focused. And I love that. And I love how Jesus breaks it down a little further for us in Matthew five eleven. He says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Now, <laughs> this day and age, <laughs> this day and age, when you hear the word Christian, mm-hmm. and when the world hears the word Christian, immediately, immediately they think every bad thought, yeah. right? Yeah. Holier than thou, hypocrites, racist, mm-hmm. uh, you name it. You go down the list, and and that's what they think. Yeah. In this scripture, Matthew five eleven, he says he blesses the people. He blesses you. When people mock you, persecute you, lie about you, say all sorts of evil things against you, not just because you're you, but because you are a follower of Christ, Mm. because you're a follower of Christ. So the meaning of persecution, the the primary Hebrew word for persecution is radop, and it includes pursuing or pressing on to oppress, harass, and also bring to judgment. Mm-hmm. So so that's the the definition of persecutions. When we're saying that word, we can't just think those who go to the gallows, right? <laughs> those yeah. who uh, <laughs> I grew up with uh, the movies where Christians were like beheaded in the mm. movies and the whole thing, right? That was a good time. Yeah, yeah. And so you think, yeah, the they scarred me for life. Behind. Like they scarred me <laughs> for life. Yeah. I have not watched a Left Behind new or old <laughs> since then because of that. When I want to scare Nicole, I say, hey, let's let's go to Netflix and let's watch it Left Behind. She's like, no, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I've read the Bible cover to cover. That's all I need. I don't need it played out for me as well. So we see this many times in the Bible and throughout history, but none more life-changing, history-changing, and heart-changing than when Jesus was persecuted. Now, that's the kind of persecution we think of. Mm. That's the kind of persecution we think of what Jesus dealt with. But I love that in Matthew... Uh, it breaks it down that it's it's not so much even going to the cross, but it's how we live in the day to day that's going to be mocked, that's going to be lied about, that's going to be um, <clears throat> made fun of, that that's going to cause our life to be hard. But the crazy thing is Jesus knew when he said these words that persecution was on its way, not just for him, but for us. Yeah. And he was about to endure the worst of it. For us, and he knew that everyone and anyone who followed him would endure persecution. So he went first. Mm-hmm. So he led the way. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think of persecution and you think of torture, right? You think of jail, losing your life, um, like Nicole said, the, the gallows, um, all the different things that uh, could could come and and be like of epic biblical proportion. Right. But it's the right. little things. It's uh it's having your account suspended on yes. Twitter for right. saying that uh oh, you know, there are two biological genders. Oh, wait. I just got canceled right. Yeah, uh-huh. canceled. Or uh yeah, Jesus is the way or um 
there is a right and a wrong. There There's is a truth. Right a, yeah, like absolute truth. <laughs> There's not absolute your truth, truth. Subjective truth. I mean, these are right. those are real things. People right. are afraid of losing their jobs. Yep. They're afraid of getting canceled, shouted down, shunned, uh, and that's very much what it was like in the first century. You right. lost your livelihood, your family, your mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you were ostracized from the religious institution, which was everything to to the Jewish audience listening right. to this. Um, and, I mean, not to mention, obviously, Roman oppressors, you know, didn't right. look kindly on um, the way. Mm-hmm. So there, there are so many ramifications, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's there are easy parallels to today's world, right? Right, It right. doesn't necessarily have to be the, the torture of going to Africa Correct. for Jesus, right? Correct. And it, and it happens in the home, too. Yeah. Like, children and parents mm-hmm. and uh, aunts and uncles and cousins and neighbors, everybody is so rooted in what they believe now, so uh, deeply convinced <laughs> of what they believe. Now, we know that in believing the Bible and believing Jesus, that it's not our own truth, but it's the truth of God's word. Mm. So we're not saying we made this up. We don't even have to carry that weight of getting it wrong because Jesus made it, got it right. And so we, we don't have to carry that. But what we're fighting is everybody else who thinks they have it right. Yeah. And so you have these ideas now. We, we are faith and them their ideas. And it's just colliding, colliding mm. over and over in homes, in workplace, in the streets, obviously, yeah. uh, through what it comes across on social media or the news. Just everywhere there's opinions and words that are in contradiction to God's word and it brings us to the point of either having to speak up and dealing with the ramifications of that or staying silent and dealing with the ramifications of that. Mm. Either way, for us, what it feels like is a lose-lose situation, which feels like a persecution, which feels like this is way too heavy. When I I was growing up in church... And when I was young, we used to always have missionaries that come to the church. You know how it is. If you grew up in church, you know how it is. Oh, missionaries yeah. come to church. And, and we would have these missionaries that come, and they would come from Africa. <laughs> now, some of you, you said it before I did, because you know this, right? You know where I'm going with this. For me, it was Africa. That was the scariest thing. That's where all the persecution happened. That's where if you fully devoted your life to Christ, that's where he was going to send that's you. That's where you were. That's where you were going. Yep. That's all there is to it. And that's when you become a missionary to Africa and you said yes and and God was going to place you there and persecution was going to follow and it was going to be ugly. Well, one week I'm at church, right? And this guest speaker is there and and honestly, I would dread every single time. I would dread it. I knew it was going to happen you know, those, the stories that you can't help but be moved by them. Yeah. You can't help it to see such devotion to Christ, to see the willingness to live or die for Christ yeah. and sharing the good news of Jesus. You can't help but be moved. But inevitably, at the end of that message came the question, are you willing to do whatever <laughs> it takes for Christ, Right. Yeah. Now I'm sitting there as a young teenager and I'm like, yes, but no, no, I'm not. But I'm also the preacher's kid and I feel like all eyes are on me. And so I have to give a response. Yeah. Like you can't just be like, nope, not doing it. Sorry. I felt like I couldn't do that. 
I also didn't want to be like, I'm all in and no, I'm lying to God because that's the way it would be. Right. I was like, God is like, I saw that hand. I saw that <laughs> hand. You volunteered. You're on the next bus out. So You're I came contractually up. bound now. <laughs> yes. So I came up with a slick way of not looking like I didn't care while not technically in my mind volunteering to go. <laughs> And the way that looked is when they asked who here is willing to be all in for Christ. Now, they did not mean Africa, but in my mind, it was Africa. Africa's on the line. Yes. So what you do is it's like a half raise. So you bring like the fingertips up close to your ear, but not past your ear. Mm. So it could be just like an itch. Mm. But it also could look to the basic peeker, because everybody's supposed to have their eyes closed, you sure, know what I mean? Sure. But to the basic peeker, it could look that I volunteered. <laughs> but I could easily turn that into a scratch the ear. Sure. So that was my my system of brilliant getting out of committing, but also looking like I committed. You got the credit for the humans watching, but God <laughs> might be confused. He's like, was it an ear scratch? Is that a commitment? I don't know. Do I send her a ticket to Africa or did she go to Disney World? It's true. It's true. That's smart. It was, you know. Wait, I don't think God. You have to think fast too. When you grew up in church and you're a preacher's kid, you you cannot, you cannot just sit back and let things happen. cannot be higher. No, they cannot. But why are we so afraid? Why are we afraid of Africa, the dark Clowns, all the Mm. things we're afraid of, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. And yet the fear is very real. For some odd reason, we had this thought that if we say yes to Jesus and are willing to do anything he'll ask of us or be willing to go anywhere he asks us to go, it will be that place (laughs) in your mind Mm. that you're most afraid of, Mm -hmm. your Africa, Mm. the place you're most afraid of, that God is going to say, into the lion's den you go. Into the fiery furnace you go. Like we have this idea that when we say yes to God, it is going to be the worst possible consequence ever, right? That's right. I I have to think that the band Toto was probably sitting in a church service, and that was the inspiration. They had a missionary from Africa, and they decided Mm. when we're leaving, we're (laughs) writing the epic ballad, Africa. It it was in tribute to the fear that we all face when the missionary comes. (laughs) But the funny thing is it couldn't be further from the truth, right? right. Jesus says in Mark right. 16, 15, go into all the world and mm. preach the good news to everyone. Not so just all Africa? the world is not just Africa. What? That's actually like my cul-de-sac. It's mm. um, over by my dry cleaner. Even worse. <laughs> just kidding. It is even worse. It's like, <laughs> right? oh, that's Wait. real. Uh-huh. Like, that's oh. possible. <laughs> yes. That's doable. I actually have to do I really talked to that guy. Right. And everyone, and I like how you say it all the time, that's every one. We think of every one and we see thousands, millions, billions. Right. But you emphasize the one mm-hmm. on the every. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that. Uh, the scripture tells us that when you submit to God, that, you know, you're, you're not going to get this one way ticket to Africa. The, the scripture is telling us it can be anywhere, your own backyard, mm-hmm. right? The, the school where you go, the grocery mm-hmm. store, the dry cleaner. 
He needs us all in the world spreading the good news to everyone. And the scripture is just one more way of doing right. Ah, righteousness. Righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to some of us, I mean, that's even scarier than going to Africa because, again, it's it's real. But right. social persecution, that's, that's another one that's like, it weighs heavy. And I know so many right. of us say silent and mm-hmm. we're... we're uh, bullied into silence in our day and age. You know, we call it discrimination. And there's so many different ways of feeling like an outcast if you right. want to be a Christ follower. Um, but we don't want to be outcasts or rejected because of our beliefs. Uh, right. We don't want to be those people, you know, the the, the hateful, the far right, uh-huh. the holy rollers, the ones mm-hmm. with the hate speech, the intolerant, the bigots. Good. I mean, those mm-hmm. are the ones that are trying to shovel religion down everyone's throats, mm-hmm. right? And I, I yeah, I mean, you just have to turn on the news for five seconds and see that the world is hostile mm-hmm. to the things of Jesus. Yeah. And it's exactly the way it was in Jesus' time. Right. Nothing's changed. We think, oh my gosh, the world, how can it get any worse? It's gone back and forth. We've had a season of what we called relative calm, mm-hmm. you know, over the last hundred years, you know, but really even over the last 40 or 50 years, it's been rapidly descending. Right. And it's just accelerating more and mm-hmm. more. Uh, so, but maybe it's not persecution that you're worried about. It's just being embarrassed, right? That's another big one. Yeah, it's just standing out. It's just mm-hmm. eh, maybe I'm not going to get invited to the office party, or maybe you know I just won't be in the cool circle, or my friends or family will just think I'm weird or passed up for the promotion. That's true. Yeah, you you might be deemed too controversial, right? And again, you just think, well, I didn't lose my job, I didn't lose my life, I didn't go to the gallows or the guillotine, but it's still real, right? Yeah, and not. The crazy thing about this persecution now is it used to, when we look back, <clears throat> biblical days, persecution, it was physical. And now it's mental. Yeah. Now it's mental, attacking the mindset all the time, which is why we're supposed to take every thought captive, not mm. allow that stuff in, stand on the truths of the word of God, know your enemy, know your God. I say that all the time. If you yeah. follow me on social media, you'll hear me say that all the time. Know your enemy, know your God. You know the truth of what God says, then it reveals the truth lies of the enemy Mm -hmm. every time you can always tell a lie when you have the truth Mm. if you don't have the truth then lies just get mixed in with truth yeah because if it sounds good it must be true but when you're standing on god's word and you know truth sometimes that makes it even harder because you are forced to make that decision yeah between the lie and the truth right and when we choose the truth that's when some of that persecution, that social persecution, we, comes in. Now, we have been so blessed in the United States of America and in countries that are free to have lived a very long time without having to make a stand for what we believe. Right. Or we can just live the way we believe in the open, 24-7, no problem. Mm-hmm. And most people that looked at you said, and knew you're Christians, thought they're a good person. Mm -hmm. They're reliable. They're trustworthy. They're honest. (laughs) They're moral. There's a lot of words that were attached, but then we got to a point where there's the drip, drip, drip of lies of what Christians are now. So now when you say you're a Christian, you don't even have to say anything else, and a judgment is made immediately. You don't even have to say what you're for or against. You just have to hold the title of Christ follower. And immediately, those who oppose God oppose 
you. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. That's yeah. what's so shocking to us is because we've never lived this before. Right. This is weird. Yes. This is hard. It feels like everything's falling apart around us. And yet Jesus knew. Mm-hmm. And I like to think because he's all-knowing, right, knows what happens beginning to end, that he pictured us in this time too, Mm. that he pictured us. And as he's talking to that group of people and he sees their faces and he's encouraging them to live for him and to not worry about the persecution, saying, you live for me, you are blessed. You have utmost bliss and happiness (laughs) because I am in your life. He also saw our faces today. Mm. Even during an election cycle. Even during an election. No, wow. I think especially. Especially during an election cycle. <laughs> exactly. And what you see all around us is that we're forced into silence. I think right. I know someone who read a, gr- a great book. I mean, The Silenced Army. The silenced really Army. speaking to the things that <laughs> silence us. Correct. If you haven't read it, you need to get a copy. The Silenced <laughs> Army, the author, is amazing. I might even be able to twist your arm to sign a copy for you. Uh, go to NicoleChavez.com, pick it up, or mobilize.life. But we're forced into silence, and then mm-hmm. what is the cost that's paid? The price that's right. paid for our silence, it's heaven and hell. It's eternity. Right. Someone pays the price for the silence, and right. maybe it's the person you didn't share the good news with, and that's heavy. Guess what? That's on us. Right. James 4, it says, if you know the good you're supposed to do and you don't do it, that's still sin. It's mm. not just if you go out and you do wrong. I didn't rob a bank today, so I'm okay. But I knew I was supposed to speak out, and I didn't. That's still on me. Yep. And you can't go your entire life without telling anyone about Jesus. Right. We don't have a choice as Christ followers. We have to acknowledge him. We have to talk about him, share his story while we're here on earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is It is not just our mandate, but it's our privilege. Yes. And I think that's where we kind of get it mixed up too. Uh, we see it a lot as like our Africa, mm. this special um, this special spanking for us, like this special (laughs) uh, torture for us. Mm -hmm. But it's not that. It's our privilege to do this because this life is short and eternity is, well, eternal. Mm -hmm. And so we're thinking eternal. We're thinking people's eternity. When you look at people, you think they're eternity. But unfortunately, because it's so hard here on this earth, we're thinking lifetime, Yeah. not eternal. Yeah. And sometimes comfort for our lifetime. Correct. eternity for theirs. Yes. Yeah. I, f- I feel like someone just wrote a <laughs> study on that, actually, for Mobilize Her. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're just passing through this place. Yeah. We're just passing through. It's a lifetime. That's all it is. It's not eternal. It's a lifetime. But what we find ourselves doing is trying to make this lifetime as comfortable as possible, mm. as heaven-like as possible. Mm-hmm. Just keep the peace. Just everybody let me live my life and live it happily so that I can get to my eternity and live happily there as well. Well, that's not going to happen here. That's not going to happen here. So we have to stop trying to make this place as comfortable as we possibly can. There's nothing wrong with having a comfortable life here on this earth. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. But it can't be our objective. It can't be what we're focused on. We have to look to the eternal. And when you look at people, see their eternity, not just their lifetime our lifetime here, right? Right. So again, he goes a step further and answers any questions we might have, Jesus does, about whether or not we should bring up religion with family. (laughs) Oh, what are the two things you're not supposed to bring up with family? (laughs) Religion and politics. Oh, 
those two. And yet Jesus has something very important to say about it, doesn't he? <laughs> in Matthew 10, 37 through 39, Jesus himself says this. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Mm. Oh, I think we need to unpack that scripture a little bit because there's a lot there on the surface. It looks like if you love your mom or dad, <laughs> brother or sister, aunt, uncle, and neighbor, you are no child of God's. Now, if you got a weird family, this is like, <laughs> yes, yes. Jesus said, I got to <laughs> hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word of God right there. <laughs> that's not what he's saying. No. Okay. Let's clarify real quick, gotcha. right? I love my family, so that's not me. <laughs> that's not what he's saying. Say more than you love me. Hmm. More than you love me. So he's saying if you are staying silent around your family, if you are sticking to your comfort hmm. rather than sharing me, then you're not worthy to be mine. You've got to love me more than you love them. Mm. And what I read in the scripture as well, when I unpack it in my own mind for application for my own life, it's loving God so much that you see your family through his eyes. Yeah. Seeing them, that they're lost, that they need Jesus, that they need the truth of Jesus in their lives. And he's saying, love me enough to see them through my eyes. Yes. Not love them so much that you exclude me from it. Yeah. That's what he's saying here. Because he knows that eternity is on the line and he's chosen us with the message. He's chosen us. He's entrusted us with his message. So he's saying, I put this all in your hands to share. Yeah. We do not change minds. We do not change hearts. I say all the time, we are messengers, not enforcers. Mm. That's not us. We don't enforce anything. We're messengers. But are we doing that? Are we taking the message of Jesus? So he's saying, if you care more about your mom or dad, or brother, or sister, or son or daughter, aunt or uncle, think about um, what they think about you more than you do about what Jesus has done for you and wants to do for you. And he says, you're not worthy of being his. His endurance of persecution was not so we could have a comfy, forgettable indifferent, and selfish life of hoarding the good news to ourselves. His endurance of persecution was so everyone can hear the good news. Every one. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't say everyone will like it. Right? Yeah. doesn't say everyone will accept it. Absolutely not. It doesn't say everyone will accept you for sharing it. It just says so everyone will hear it. Yeah. He's saying, blessed are those who are persecuted, those who are shunned because of the good news of Jesus. He's saying, blessed are you because you are seeing people through my eyes. Mm. You're willing to put it all on the line, this life you have here for the eternal. So the choice to accept him or deny him, to accept him or deny him is up to them. Up to them, 100%. But the choice to share him or deny sharing him is up. To us. <laughs> that is up to you. That is up to me. We all have a choice to make, but the reward and the consequences are outlined plainly and clearly by Jesus. No surprise endings here. 
<laughs> he is crystal clear in what he's saying here, right? Darn, no way out of it. <laughs> yeah. Man. And is it hard? Yes. Was it Absolutely. hard for Jesus? Yes. yes. But I love, you know, his transparency about it too, right? right. Like you said, right. crystal clear. He's not, this isn't one of those mysterious parables where you walk away scratching your head. Like, what does he really mean mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Right before Jesus was betrayed and the journey to the cross began, he went to Gethsemane to pray. And he took three of his friends and on the way, you know, they're praying and he's, you know, he, he, he wants to overcome uh, the grief. I mean, he's overcome with grief. He wants to be in God's will. And so he's praying. And I like what he says in Matthew 28, uh, 30, 26, 38 is actually where it is. He says, he, meaning Jesus, told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Hmm. He wasn't just praying, but begging God to let the pain pass over him. Uh, keep the bad from happening. Spare mm-hmm. his mind and body from the scars. Yeah. I mean, he fell on his face and he pleaded with God three separate times. He was about to endure persecution. And even though he knew the why mm. and for whom he was still apprehensive mm. because he knew the how. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. He knew the pain that he was about to endure. He knew the humiliation he was about to put himself through. His family, his followers, everyone was going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And so he asked, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, he said in 2639, yet not as my, I will, but as you will. Mm. Jesus had a vivid picture in his mind of his why and the who. Mm, that's so good. He had you in mind. He had me mm-hmm. in mind. He saw your face. He saw your wounds. He heard your voice. And he did it for you. Mm-hmm. In hopes that you would see the faces around you, hear the voices of your friends and family around you, and that you would see their wounds and that you would share the answer with them. His prayer was that you would go to the Father with your fears of persecution. Right. Right? right? Because that's the thing. We just kind of suffer in silence. But have you gone to God with it? And that's what he says. Go to the Father with your fears and persecutions Mm -hmm. that you'll ask for this mission to pass you by, right? But then your final words would be, not as I will, but as you will. God, this might be bad. I don't want to get persecuted. I don't want to get ridiculed. I don't want to be embarrassed. But at the end of the day... It doesn't matter what I want. It matters what you want. Right, right. You know, we're always told to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, like live like he lived. And the scripture that we just went through is just so very human. Mm-hmm. So very human. Jesus knew what he had to endure, who he was enduring it for. But still, he did not want to go through it. And that is so very human. Yes. We can look at Jesus and say it was hard for him too. And we're not even asked to do what he did. (laughs) We're not taking the sins of the world on us. No. No, we're not dying on the cross. No. But we can look at Jesus and say he understands. He understood. But he did it anyway. Yeah. And if we're following in Jesus' footsteps... It's okay to say, I don't want to. Mm. I want to put my head in the sand and just let this whole thing pass me by and just wait for somebody else to do it and pray for them. Mm -hmm. I'll pray for them, but please don't ask me to do this. But at the end of the day, you take it to Jesus. You, You just take it to the person who took it to God, the person who did it and overcome it, right? Yeah. 
God, I don't want to do this. I so don't want to do this. But I'm going to. Not my will, but yours be done. What an incredible example for us to live like Jesus. Yeah. What an incredible example. And the good news is we're we're sharing what we're sharing is more than we deserve. Mm. It's more than we deserve. The good news we're sharing is worth the social persecution. The good news we're sharing is even worth going to Africa for. There, I said it. I wow. said it. I raised my hand Past high the in ear. the sky. Wow. <laughs> Jesus knew he was about to take on the sins of the world, none of which he did. And he didn't deserve his wounds. He didn't deserve any of it. And I truly believe that Jesus looks at us and doesn't say, oh, well, they deserve it, though. <laughs> I didn't, but they deserve it. Mm. This is not our special punishment. Mm-hmm. He's not saying it because we deserve it. He's saying, go into all the world, no matter the cost, because of the good news, because of what you've accepted. Share that. See people through my eyes. He's asking us to do what he did, too, Yeah, was to put aside, put aside our personal comfort for the eternity of others, Yeah, which is so powerful, right? And that last sentence gets me every time. He says, yet not as I will, but as you will. He was modeling what our answer, posture, and heart should be. He's sharing his story to encourage us to walk in his steps, to submit to the will of the Father over our fears. Wow. That is so hard, though. Let's just be honest. I mean, they're powerful statements that, like, they'll give you chills. (laughs) They're like, yes, for all of three seconds, you, like, feel the courage of them. Yeah. And then you leave your office, you get out of your car, you walk in your front door, and you're like, well, that's gone. Yes. (laughs) And that, whoo. But he's asking us to step past that. Yeah. Step past that fear and into the will of the Father. Easier said than done. Absolutely. When when Jesus hung on the cross and he was dying, there were two men who were crucified with him as well on on either side of him. And we find that story in Luke chapter 23. And one of the criminals hanging beside him uh, scoffed and said, well, so you're the Messiah, are you? Right? Prove it by letting us down, right? He said, save yourself. Us? You? Come on. Let's let's do this. Like, let's see a miracle if you are who you say you are. But right. the other criminal protested, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die, he said. We mm. deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then Jesus, he said, he turned to Jesus and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm. When I read that scripture, I can't help but but to see... Um, us in those responses, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. maybe you've been one or the other. Maybe you've been both. I know I have been. You know, there, <laughs> there are times when you're like, come on, God, you know, like, why you let this stuff happen? Or right. why, why don't you make it easier? Or if you really right. are all powerful and, you know, fill mm-hmm. in the blank. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times when you're in your, your right mind and you have the humility of just saying, you're God and I'm not. Right. Right. But some of us, you know, we, we have uh, a little bit of bitterness towards God and yeah. uh, his requests, the, that go and into all the world, right? And right. the request to, to put the mission on us to go out. I mean, there's the criminal telling Jesus, you know, save yourself, right? You, you don't need me. Just prove mm-hmm. yourself. 
You know, mm-hmm. the, the people in my life, they, they don't ask me uh, to face persecution. Um, don't ask me to, to, to step out of my comfort zone. Don't ask me to share the good news. Um, I mean, there's others of us who understand that we don't deserve the love that God has for us, right? And yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Some of us, we're, we're in the presence of mind sometimes. I, I, I slip in and out of it. Sometimes I'm, I'm an idiot, and in the flesh, I'm just um, who I am. Sometimes I see God for who He is, and I think, who am I? I deserve none of this. And we understand that we're the criminal, mm-hmm. and Jesus didn't deserve to be persecuted for our sins, our shame, for our mistakes, for our failures, but He did, even though He didn't deserve it. He had done nothing wrong. Right. And... So we decide in our hearts that if Jesus thinks I'm worth it, then he thinks my neighbor's worth it too. Mm-hmm. He thinks that my family is worth it. He thinks that my coworker is worth mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. This criminal who was deserving of being crucified on the cross next to Jesus said in front of everyone who was listening, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then Jesus, as his last act of grace and forgiveness and mercy on earth, I mean, he follows through with this promise and he says, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. He tells the guy, assuredly, I will be with you today in paradise. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to be together. I mean, did that guy deserve it? No, he deserved death. He was getting what he deserved, but he still got grace. It's incredible to me. Yep, yep. I love that picture of the two criminals on the cross, one one on the left, one on the right, one of them saying, God, if you're so big, save yourself. Mm. And I think more often than not, it, we, we look at that criminal, we're like, oh, how could you talk to him that way? How mm-hmm. could you talk to Jesus that way? We, we have the gift of hindsight for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you have the one on the other side that's like, no, 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 I mean, we're not worthy of this. I think we can relate to the the criminal who says, save yourself more than we can relate to the other one. Yeah. Or we think, okay, God, this is a big deal. So do it. Yeah. God, this is a big deal. You see me, you see my life, you see my struggles, you see I'm barely making it. You see I'm a single mom, I'm a single dad. You you see that um, I feel persecuted from all sides. You see that the world is telling me I'm a victim and I, I want to believe it because it makes it easier for me to be angry. You yeah. see what I'm going through. How dare you ask one more thing of me? Yeah. Send someone else. If you're so big, you can do this. Yeah. And I lived there for a while. I lived there uh, in my book, The Silent Army. I talk about the abuse I endured, and I was so angry with God. I was so mad. And one of the things that would go through my head over and over, a lie that needed to be silenced, mm. hence The Silent Army, right? A lie over and over and over is, God saw this. Why didn't he stop it? Mm. Why didn't he step in? If he's so big... If he's so God, why didn't he do this? And I felt like he let me down. He let me down. He and my dad let me down. I was like, no, I don't want any part of this because God is so big. God is so good. He should have done something about this. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this the other night, and he did do something. 
Yeah. He brought people to introduce my dad to Jesus. Mm-hmm. My dad did accept Jesus, never accepted healing, never repented of some of that sin of abuse. Never. He, God was there all along putting people in his life, trying to change his heart towards God, trying to change those behaviors. But my dad turned from God and said, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I can do this on your own. What happened to me wasn't a result of what God did, but as a result of my dad rejecting God. Yeah. God was there all along. So it's so easy to become that criminal who says, God, if you're so big, Mm -hmm. why don't you make it happen? Yes. But what we need to see is, God, let it happen in me. Mm -hmm. Let it happen in me. God, I want to be that. And when we do that, he's so good and he's so kind and he's so patient and he's so gracious that he says, you're one of mine then. You're one of mine. And he seals our eternity mm-hmm. with him. And then our job is then turn around and share that good news with other people. Yeah. And not let the enemy silence us over pointing back to God and accusing God in our mind constantly, making us judge and jury against God. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to that criminal. He was judge and jury against God. A convicted criminal <laughs> is judge and jury over a perfect God. What? Right? But, but that's where we stand. <laughs> yes. That's where we stand. It yes. is just so incredible to me. Today, it, it's more than uh, more than we could even ask for. Um, we need to be grateful for this opportunity to share Jesus, yep. especially in this time when there's so much darkness in our world, where you see that there's this huge need for Jesus and instead of sharing him, we're like, God, send somebody else or not me or I don't want to deal with it, but also fix that yeah. for me so I could be comfortable. Yeah. And that's not the way it's going to work. Persecution, being blessed, <laughs> being utmost bliss, it only works when you go out and you're able to, you're willing to endure mm-hmm. whatever the cost, whatever the cost, right? Then you get the bliss after you obey. Right. After the persecution, Oof. you get that utmost blessedness. Yes. And that's that's the hard part. It's like, God, bless me, bless me, bless me, protect me, protect me, protect me. And right. then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll obey. I'll follow right. your footsteps. But it's always obedience first, obedience then the promise. First. Exactly. And we hate that. Mm-hmm. We hate that. We're instant gratification, mm-hmm. microwave Christians. Let me right. see this fast and furious mm-hmm. instead of waiting and watching and obeying and letting him be found faithful right through our obedience right that just sparked another thought i think the other problem we have is we want to choose our blessing mm. yeah so if i do that i want this mm-hmm. like i'm going to choose my blessing i'm going to tell you how i want to be blessed mm-hmm. by this mm-hmm. and if it doesn't turn out that way then hmm, Maybe not. It's like the ultimate spiritual auction site. Correct. I'm going to make a bid, and <laughs> um, you're going to accept my bid because I'm bidding on this blessing. Right. But I don't want to pay more than I'm willing to commit as my max offer um, Yeah. instead of just doing what he said. Right, right. Yeah, that's funny. And what, that. what Jesus needs is he needs a group of people that say yes before they know what they're saying yes to. Saying yes regardless of the blessing. Say yes, even if, say yes, even though, Mm. just say yes. Yeah. Just say yes. Do right. Just do right. 
Yeah. Righteousness, right? Yep. Righteousness. Yep. Spending eternity in heaven with our Savior who was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, and whipped so he could be healed. That is supreme blessedness and utmost bliss. Mm-hmm. Jesus' final words were to his heavenly Father. He said, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. I entrust my spirit into your hands. And let those be our words today. Not as our final words, but the words we start each day with. Words we live by. Words we draw courage from when we're faced with persecution or social persecution for sharing this amazing and wonderful, life-changing, eternity-sealing message Mm -hmm. of Jesus. That's right. So I, I hope that uh, you found this encouraging and not just depressing, <laughs> because it can be a little hard to swallow. But the the encouragement that we want to 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 give you through this episode and beyond is that doing right comes with blessing. That's not why we do it, but he asked us to, and you're going to be faced with it if you are a Christ follower. And maybe you're listening to this and you're not, and you're like, well, "What is this all about?" There are challenges and there are blessings, but this world is not perfect. It's a sinful world. So we're trying to help empower and encourage each other to be bold, to be confident, to understand our faith, what we're putting our eternity in. Because if you think, well, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to bet a little bit on, uh, you know, Islam, a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of Christianity, a little bit on Oprah, you know, theology, (laughs) everybody makes it all passively. No, there's one way. And you got to be bold. You got to understand it. And that's what these tools are. And that's why we we write studies. And Nicole writes books. And we have Mobilize Her um, Bible study group that you can be a part of. And that's why we do these podcasts. And and we'll speak and we'll preach and we'll try to encourage and help you to be bold and confident in your faith. Because then you can live with the confidence that the right doing, the right living, the obedience will be followed by blessing. Because Mm -hmm. God wants to give you good things. And you're going to be faced with it. You're going to have troubles and trials, and the world is accelerating it like at no other time Mm -hmm. in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And so you got to understand, you can't stay silent because even silence has its cost and someone is paying the price. And so be bold, be confident. And that's what this fourth installment of of our Mobilized in Faith um, podcast episode has really been about as we've unpacked some of Jesus' teachings, some of his guides for us, and the truths that we'll follow. Um, so again, subscribe. I don't want you to miss any of these. We're really excited about the next few episodes. Nicole has been asking you to chime in and ask some of the, the hard questions that you wrestle with that you'd love to hear us talk about. And you've been sharing some incredible responses. Uh, nothing easy. They're all heavy, <laughs> super deep. So we're excited to dig in. Um, and so we're yeah. going to spend the next couple of episodes answering some of the questions you've been sharing uh, with Nicole on social media. So we're super excited about it. Don't miss any of them. Make sure you hit the subscribe bu- button wherever you consume podcasts so you don't miss a single one. You get the notification and we can stay a part of this community as we encourage each other to be bold and courageous as we live out our faith because Jesus deserves it. He gave us yeah. his best. Let's give him ours. Absolutely. Right. So thanks for joining Nicole. I'm James. This has been our privilege to be part of the Mobilize podcast with you. We hope you are blessed and we will talk to you very soon. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Mobilized YouTube page and follow us on social media at mobilized.life on Instagram and at Live Mobilized on Facebook for more information and ways to connect. 
visit our website at mobilized.life.